Hi, everyone, and welcome to Val Talks Pets, the forum for pet parents and enthusiasts alike. Having been in the pet industry for over 10 years now, I'm going to share with you issues and questions that arise as I work with pet parents on a day-to-day basis. I am not a veterinarian, but I do have certifications in canine, feline, small animal, fish and herptile, and avian health and nutrition from the University of California, Davis Extension. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Val Talks Pets. This is a super exciting episode because my guest today is Dr. Rob Hillerby from Caledon Mountain Veterinary Hospital in Caledon, Ontario, Canada. It's a busy life for most veterinarians and they are relied upon so greatly by pet parents. In the human world, there are specialists for just about every condition but vets have to be able to diagnose within a vast array of ailments and conditions our pets can have. Plus, they are the ones we go to for maintenance with checkups and vaccinations. They really do do it all. So what is it like to be a vet? Let's find out and welcome Dr. Rob Hillerby, DVM, to the show. Dr. Rob, welcome to Val Talks Pets. Hi, Val. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to chat with me. So I thought we'd get right to it because I know you're a busy guy. So um, one of the things I really wanted to actually start with is asking you how long you've actually been a veterinarian. Yeah, sure. So um, I graduated from the, the University of Guelph. Ontario Veterinary College, uh, 2009. So that's uh, 12 years that I've been working as a vet currently. And is that something that you always wanted to be? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, certainly one of my earliest memories is uh, my, my parents had a show dog, um, uh, an Irish setter, and she had some puppies. I think she had 13 puppies. And, and one of my very earliest memories is getting up early on Saturday morning and climbing over the board that they had put uh, to stop the puppies from getting out of the whelping pen and just, just being surrounded by puppies uh, all over the place. And that's, you know, I, I think uh, one of those solidifying moments in my life that sort of made me think, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, you, as you grow up and you go to school and you, you like math and you like sciences, you, you start to uh, realize that that's uh, something that's really interesting. You get involved in the medicine side of things. And uh, yeah, it, it certainly has been a, a lifelong dream for me and, and you know, no regrets at all for 12 years in that's that's fantastic you know it's one of those things it's like there's lots of kids that say i want to be a veterinarian but it always doesn't follow through especially when you get hit with those science courses i think when you love animals it's a very clear sort of path to, well let's i love animals I, I want to work with animals and and being a veterinarian is one of those jobs that people just think about as, as being wonderful and it, i mean certainly lots of opportunities in the field to to work uh, with animals and, and it yeah, it's a great career. Absolutely. You do, um, you're mostly in a small animal, uh, so you get to see lots of dogs and cats and probably our, our little furry friends too. Have you ever done a um, large animal or had you ever thought of doing large animal, like horses or cows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, we, um, my wife and I live on a farm. We have horses on our farm, and oh. certainly, um, I used to do quite a bit of riding, and, and so horses were a, a big part of my uh, interest in veterinary medicine. And um, when I graduated, uh, I worked at a mixed animal practice, so cats and dogs in the hospital, but also would go out and do farm calls to see 
um, horses in actually the area. There was a lot of uh, dairy cows in the area, so we did quite a bit of dairy work there. You get called pretty regularly mm-hmm. to a cow that was having difficulty calving. Yeah. So that was always an interesting call. And, um, and then lots of people that had other farms too, we'd, we'd see goats or there was um, an alpaca farm that we did work mm. for as well. And, you know, just about anything. If, if, if you had a problem, then you gave us a call and we'd, uh, we'd sort it out for you. Yeah, you're the real James Harriet. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was amazing. It was it was just such a you know I was a new graduate and I had all this knowledge in my head and I learned all this stuff and then just to go out and you know put into practice and you know you just never knew what the day was going to hold uh, hold for you. Yeah, I could imagine. So considering that, what's a what's sort of like a typical day for you now when you go into the clinic? Yeah, so so now for the last five years I've uh, worked at the Caledon Mountain Veterinary Hospital in Caledon, Ontario, and um, it is a small animal only practice, so we just see dogs and cats here. Um, I guess there's an occasional uh, other pet that might get brought in, or sometimes wildlife that we we have to see. Um, but um, but primarily it is just cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, even even limiting to just two species, you really the days a typical day. It's hard to say because every day is going to be different. You, you, you know, we do a lot of wellness care, so people bring in their animals for their yearly exams, and mm-hmm. you know you get to know the the pet because they come to see you every year. You get to know the owner because they come in regularly as mm-hmm. well, um, perhaps with multiple animals. Um, but also there's there's emergency things that come in, uh, you know, a dog that cut their foot and need to be stitched up, and that has to happen right there and then, or a dog that's whelping and having a problem, and you need to do a cesarean section on them there and then because that that sort of thing can't wait. So, exactly. um, but I would say you know your general day involves probably similar to to your GP practitioner, the, a lot of wellness care visits and a lot of little small minor medical problems, and then the occasional. A big problem that you have to deal with as well and and you know every day is different because vets have to be all around you're doing the wellness care you're doing surgery everything do you do a fair bit of um surgery yourself mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I, I think one of the the unique aspects of, of veterinary medicine is um you know in human medicine you become a, a specialist general mm-hmm. practitioner or uh, you become a specialist surgeon you become a, an eye doctor or you know a skin doctor all of those things but but as a veterinarian, um, we have to do all those things, um, uh, and, and there certainly is specialization mm-hmm. within the profession as well. But um, on on Mondays, I have time set aside to do surgeries, and, and that's all I would do. You know, come up with the anesthetic protocols, do the surgeries, and, and a lot of that is um, reproductive surgery. So spays and neuters are very common. A lot of dental care is done, so a general anesthetic to, to remove infected teeth. Um, um, but then there's also some specialty procedures that, that get done here as well. Oh, for sure. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm in doing appointments, and, and again, that's sort of whatever comes through the door. Yeah, yeah. It's you just uh, you never know. It's going to be interesting day yeah. after day. That's right. We do see quite a bit of um, specialty practice in in veterinary medicine, and more and more specialization as people, I think, look for a better standard of care for their pets too. So you know. We have a surgeon uh, who works here as well, and that's all he does is surgery and surgery consults. Dr. John. Um, you know, if you, that's right, Dr. John, yeah, he's the owner of the practice here, and a wonderful guy, and he's, and he's taught me a lot about surgery as well. Um, 
But if your if your dog had an eye problem, we would go and see an ophthalmologist the same way that uh, you or I would. Right, and and I have mentioned on other episodes actually that uh, that Dr. John was the one who was the only one that diagnosed um, my dog and saved his life. So I've yeah. mentioned him many times uh, for that reason, and he's very very well known for his specialty and what he does in the surgeries as well. So yeah, your clinic has a lot to offer. That's for sure. Absolutely, yeah. So when, you know, when you're seeing people and, you know, sometimes a pet comes in and it's uh, not feeling well and there's something going on and, uh, you know, you do the, the tests and everything to see what's happening what and what kind of con- underlying conditions going on. This is when sometimes I think your job gets a bit more challenging. And that's, say, for example, when you get that diagnosis back that you know is not going to be the best. And you have to relay that to the pet parents. What sort of goes through your mind when you know you have that tough conversation coming up? Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a really challenging thing. I mean, people, I think, think of veterinary medicine as being this wonderful place where we get to see puppies and kittens all the time. But, but you're right, there is the other side of it as well. There's, there's tough calls that have to be made. And, um, you know, I think of my role here being to try to provide information to to pet parents and let them um, let them know what their options are. So I, I think my uh, my when I have that uh, tough conversation in, in advance, I try to think, well, what are the options and what can we provide? Um, what information does that person need to know to make an informed decision? And um, you know, how can I help them to counsel them to say, well, this is probably not something that, that you've had to deal with frequently or, or ever perhaps and, and how can I help you to make the best decision it's it's tough but um, it's rewarding too because you know even with bad situations there's very rare times that we really can't do anything there's always options and there's always more that can be done and um, you know I, I think to, to help people through that that's, that's one of the really re- rewarding parts of this job is um, you know it's not just helping pets but it's helping Absolutely, because they're 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 the partnership. That's right, and they're looking. Yeah, they're they're together. I mean, we know how many people, and you yourself as well. I'm sure with your own animals, it's the same thing. I mean, they are so a part of us, right? So it's very 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 difficult. Yeah, and you know, sometimes I think people um, they can go to they'll go to great lengths, any lengths there is, if there's anything to help save. Uh, their pet if there's something going on that's not looking good but sometimes is that actually in the best interest of the pet you know when you're yeah it's a hard question I know that absolutely you know uh, the the real challenges in veterinary medicine is that you know for for a human doctor you go to the doctor and um, you know the patient is also your clients you're counseling the person who is making the decision about themselves but but for a veterinarian the, the the person the owner the pet parent is the client but the animal is actually the patient and and sometimes i think the the best interests of the pet parent and the best interests of the animal are not the same thing right i would definitely say there's lots of times we see people who just want to hold on till the very end and maybe that's not the right thing for for every animal in every situation or the opposite is sometimes true that there's a very treatable um uh disease that's going on or or illness 
particular condition and for whatever reason the uh, pet parent just doesn't want to go through with that and and you know we try not to judge in those situations because everybody has their own uh their own lives and their own reasons for doing things but that is definitely one of the the, the key challenges for um, working in veterinary medicine is to say this is what i think the animal needs and this is what i think we can help you do I can imagine, and I bet you the one of the biggest questions you get is people asking you what you would do. All the time, absolutely. But but for me, I, you know, that's a hard question to answer and maybe not even relevant in, in a lot of situations because to me the much more important question is what's the right choice for you and what's the right choice for your pet and how can we align those two things? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very different, it's a whole different ball game because for what what you would do and what someone else, based on everything from um, financial ability to emotional ability, you name it, right? Mm, yeah, but when I hear when I hear the question, "What would you do?" I, it it just says to me, I need some more um, context for making this decision, and and I think that's a big part of the the work as a veterinarian is to help people put into context these really challenging medical medical uh, situations, probably for any doctor as well. Now, that makes total sense to me when you say it that way. They're looking for more context because they're just asking you, well, what would you do? Because they're thinking, I, I'm not sure at this point. I don't know. And yes, you're absolutely right. They are looking for more context. That makes total sense. Yeah. And you know, we've all been through this as pet owners when we have to make the decision for our pets, and we know that. And sometimes little decisions are made for us, too, because sometimes our pets will uh, pass away abruptly for whatever reason. But, um, you know, I'm, and I know this is probably the most, one of the most challenging parts of your job is also when we do have to, um, when you have to do um, euthanasia. And I'm wondering how um, that affects you on your day-to-day basis, is that something that follows you home or are you able to sort of set that aside into another place? Like, I, how do you deal with that? Mm, yeah. You know, I've been a vet for, for more than a decade now and I think you're right. You do compartmentalize or you do um, set aside your, your day and, you know, you go home to your family afterwards anyways. I've, certainly as a new graduate, that was a much harder thing to do. Um, but, you know, I get, I do actually get asked this a lot. Usually, when people are saying goodbye to their animals, how how do you do this? My feeling is, in almost every situation where I am helping somebody to say goodbye to their animal, I truly believe that it is in the animal's best interest to do that. So, it it's not something I like doing, and it's not something that we try to do in a, in in our day to day. But if we have to. It's because it's needed, and that's the thing that helps me um, say, "Well, you know, this is this is the right thing. This this animal, um, you know, is suffering or is going to be suffering, um, and the right thing to do is to help them to say goodbye peacefully, rather than have them continue to go through whatever it is that they're dealing with." I will say, you know, thinking back twelve years ago, being a new graduate, uh, I, I do always think of this you know, very first euthanasia that I had to perform where it was a, you know, a young dog that was, that was healthy. And the owner just said, you know, this is, this is my decision. I want to do this. And, and I always regret not being able to, you know, change that person's mind or come up with other options for it. And that, you know, even 12 years on, this is something that's still, still sticking with you. Wishing that there's something, yeah, something else that we could have done in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. That is part of 
that's a tough one and you're yeah I see and yeah and you're new and yeah that's that's tough really tough um a very tough lesson to learn how can a pet parent try to make the experience sort of less stressful for their pet Mm, that's a that's a great question and you know a, a real challenge with the current human public health restrictions that mean that a lot of time pets are not accompanied by their parents into the the clinic or um, you know there's modified protocols if they are um, uh, really challenging Um, you you know one of the things I think is becoming a lot more um, uh, awareness about is is the idea of uh, fear-free pet visits our our hospitals done lots of fear-free certification and I guess um, you know if that is something that you as a pet parent are interested in finding out from your, your vet or, um, you know, talking to clinics that are fear free certified and seeing if, if there is something in place that's there, it's just, you know, maybe to me an awareness that the way that we did things 20 years ago is not the only way of helping pets now, but, um, you know, there's lots of things that are, uh, uh, we are able to do, um, you know, I think trying to make that, that experience positive, um, with, with treats or, um, uh, tr- trying to um, reserve uh, uh, experiences that are negative, like um, uh, minor procedures that need to be done, blood collections and things like that. We we reserve that for times where the pet has had a sedative to help them through that, um, so they're not having negative experiences. Um, one of the things that we used to do a lot of before um, the pandemic was having people just come in for happy visits. I mean, I think getting a pet used to the fact that they can come in and have a good time here is is really important. It's, it's really challenging now um, that we're kind of restricted, but that was a big part of building up those early visits to make them positive and happy um, so that when they do have to come in for other things, it, it's not already set up with this sort of fear that's going on for them. Um, you know, I think people are quite receptive to to doing things just to ensure the success of future visits for the pets. Yeah, I was doing some research about the uh, fear-free um, professionals and certification, and I know that Caledon Mountain uh, Vet Hospital, you have that there as well. Mm-hmm. So is that is that everybody in the clinic that takes that, or is that like the vets and the vet techs, or everybody? Yeah, so I mean, at the time that we were certified, every staff member had to go through some training, and um, I can't remember, it was nine or ten hours of, of training. I think it was um, uh, lots of modules that had to be gone through. So, you know, there was just an awareness of this is the way that the respectful way that we want to treat animals that come into the hospital. And um, if they are not happy about the things that we're doing, we need to change our behavior, not change their behavior. Um, and, and no, there was a time where, um, you know, I think um, people would just say, well, we just need to get this done. But um, I, 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 that's not the philosophy that we follow. And I think I would say it really does make a difference in terms of how uh, pets feel about coming in here. Um, and, and you know, there are certifications that are available. Lots of clinics, I think, uh, um, do that. So if that's something that clients are interested in looking into, check it out and see if your vet is fiercely certified or, you know, um, look into the certification as well. Yeah, there's quite a lot of information about it, actually, when I had a look into it. And um, so I, I think that sounds like a really interesting thing for people to pick up as a tip when they're looking for um, a clinic to go to. And I know that you're... Especially especially when you can't be there with your animal, mm-hmm. knowing that that is the philosophy of the clinic, um, I think is really helpful to, to know well, what is being done to my to my pets and, and how are they handling them. And that, is it 
something that I would approve of. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess once we get, um, you know, the once things change, we hope in, in, in the near future, we're not really sure. But um, so with all of the new puppies and, and uh, that everybody has got, I would imagine uh, it's probably encouraged that uh, you bring your puppy in, but, but just for a visit to get used to coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's a really challenging uh, situation, too, because I would say definitely we've seen a lot of puppies with behavioral issues. And, and my feeling is that a lot of those animals spend a lot of time at home with their family members. They don't have a lot of contact with new people or with uh, other dogs, um, sort of the normal things that you might do on a day-to-day basis. So then when they do come to the vet hospital or a pet store or a groomers, those things are, are very strange and, and then therefore stressful. Um, you know, for me, it, it is quite challenging to get those animals in here, which I'd love to do, um, you know, have them come in on a regular basis for just um, just happy visits. Um, we're not doing a lot of that right now. I, you know, one of the things I commonly recommend to n- new pet parents or um, people with new puppies and new kittens is, um, you know, that there are socialization um, classes like a, a doggy daycare, I think is one of those things that can really make a big difference in terms of how a puppy is socialized and um, that's something that I think you know when we see the dogs that are going on a regular basis to these social programs and are left so that they're having a good time away from their parents and understanding hey this it's not so bad to to be separated from mom and dad um, I think that makes a big difference in terms of their behavior for their lifetime. Yeah, it really does, and I think that's a, a really good tip. And there's some uh, some really good uh, daycare situations. One of our um, people that we work with, one of my favorite people, she's a, a fantastic groomer, and she has a huge uh, property, and she has a daycare, and the daycare dogs are out, um, you know, romping around and they have they all go out on leashes of course but you know in the forests and on trails and uh and playing with each other and yeah it makes a big difference big difference yeah i mean they just learn that going out is fun meeting new people is fun there are other dogs in the world and and this is normal and and i think that that just helps with every aspect of their lives rather than every hour of my day is spent at home with mom and when that's not the case it's scary yeah absolutely so do you have animals at home besides your horses i do yeah we have yeah, we have three miniature horses. Uh, we have two two cats. One one cat actually, a wonderful little um, um, Siamese cross cat who was. Um, my wife is also a veterinarian, and uh, he was given up because somebody couldn't couldn't afford the care that he needed. So and he sat in their hospital for six weeks and was so so friendly. And uh, my wife said, uh, "Well, we need a cat for our barn. Why don't we bring him home?" And he he never made it to the barn. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that going. Yeah. Yeah. And a, and a little kitten that we got last year um, for our kids who's, um, you know, uh, in, in house as well and living with us. Um, we also have 30 chickens, I think, uh, about that. We lose track sometimes, but um, yeah, on the property that we've got there. And you have dogs? Uh, we had an old dog that, who we lost last summer and oh. um, not decided that it was the right time to. To, to get, get a, a new, new dog for her. yeah no just yet yeah yeah I'm sure it will happen but it's just not right yeah now. no that makes total sense yeah that's great um I just you know I know your your time is short so I do have um sort of one more question for you um sure yeah do you watch veterinarian shows <laughs> like do you watch Dr. Uh, Paul or Bondi Vet or 
I, I have seen some of those shows. Uh-huh. Um, I don't. Um, I, whenever I watch them, I get um, how to put it. I get um, <laughs> the 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 production part of it always bothers me. The veterinary medicine is great, and I think it's interesting to see. But I, this about the um, excitement that's kind of <laughs> built around those things. Just, I, I, that's not how it really happens in, in veterinary. That's hard for me to watch. All the drama, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, well, did you ever, um, were you a fan of like All Creatures Great and Small as a child? Or Yeah. Yeah. I think I would much rather sit and read a James Harriet book and <laughs> kind of remember uh, <laughs> what it was like to go out to a little farm and, you know, know the farm owner and get paid in parsnips for helping them uh, get their, <laughs> right. their boats out because they were all tangled up or something like that. And, uh, That's and, right. And watch Bondi Vet. Yeah, that's right. So you're just going to give up your surfboard before you go see the animals, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's very funny. Well, I really thank you so much for absolutely been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. And um, there's so many great tips. And um, I, I think our listeners will really uh, take away quite a few things from there. And, um, you know, for pet parents and, and pet lovers, of course, you know, our vets are our lifelines to caring for our pets um, the best way that we can. And so I thank you for everything that you do. And um, I'll definitely be asking you to come on for another chat, I hope. And um, and I really do thank you for doing this today. I know you set it into your day, so I really appreciate it. Sure, happy to uh, to have help out, Val. And um, you know, it's it's nice, always nice to, to chat about the profession that I'm um, passionate about. So yeah. feel free anytime to to get in touch, and and you know, maybe we can we can talk some more. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Rob. All right, you're welcome. Take care. That was just a wonderful chat with Dr. Rob Hillerby. It really is an insight into the world of veterinary care when you get a chance to speak candidly with an actual vet. I love the way you can hear the passion Dr. Rob feels for his profession. And I was thinking how fortunate he is to be able to live the dream he had as a child to help animals. So I'm hoping we can have Dr. Rob back again. So feel free to send some questions or topics to my website, valtalkspets.com. And I would like to thank Dr. Rob Hillerby again for letting us get a glimpse into the world of veterinary care, which helps us as pet parents to see the other side of things. Because as I say, knowing is caring. Thank you for listening to Val Talks Pets. Please remember to follow or subscribe to ensure that you never miss an episode. To really help the show and to make it easier for others to find, please rate and review each episode that you find interesting and helpful. And don't forget that you can also email me at val at valtalkspets.com with topics you would like me to address or with any questions you may have. Also, check out my website at valtalkspets.com and let me know what you think and how we can improve upon it. Thanks for caring.